This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Get ready for a powerhouse of an interview. Today, we are talking with Talisa Yancey, who's the Chief Marketing Officer at American Family Insurance, which is a Fortune 300 company. You are going to be so inspired, not only by her story, but how they really took American Family Insurance and got back to the roots of what insurance is all about, not just like cartoon characters, but actually about planning for the future. You'll hear about her approach to social personally and professionally and how their CEO is known as the most social CEO around. Take a listen. Welcome to Lisa to the show. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here with you. As I told you earlier, I feel like I'm in the presence of greatness with all of the amazing things that you've achieved throughout your career. And I would love for you to tell some of our listeners the story of how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, first off, thanks for this amazing opportunity. I, too, feel like I'm in the, in the presence of greatness um, joining you in your podcast here today. Um, my it's a mutual, kind of, it's a mutual love fest for sure. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. So the story of my career is not that difficult or amazing. It's a story of hard work and sort of learning early on in life and falling in love with a discipline and with business itself. So I can recall watching a Coke commercial, you know, the one that we all um, consider to be the most iconic Coke commercial, and saying, "Hey, I want to do that." and going to school to try to figure out a path to give me the opportunity to do that and later making the adjustment to not just wanting to do something specifically but to have impact. So I started my career at Ford Motor Company straight out of school and I had a great time learning from Ford over several different jobs. It's a great place to learn great general management skills from marketing to operations to mm. uh, sales and a number of other things. I served in many different roles and I still love the brand. I still drive a Lincoln just because I fell in love with that brand when I joined them. Love and it. then I left Ford to go to Burger King to test my wings outside of automotive. At the time, many people believed that to be a great marketer and a great business leader, you couldn't work in automotive because you had big budgets, you're marketing cars, not toothpaste and that kind of stuff. So I went to Burger King to work in um, quick service restaurants and um, left there and eventually ended up at American Family Insurance, which has, I mean, when you work for Ford Motor Company, you work for Burger King. I've done some consulting as well, but I would have to say to you that my time here at American Family Insurance has been the most amazing time and the most unexpected ride that I could have had as a marketer or a business leader. And I'll tell you why, because this is where I made the transition from not just what I do, but how my how I could have a capacity to impact, not just to get things done, but to impact my customers, to impact my employees, to impact um, the company and the communities that we happen to serve. 
And so talk to me a little bit about that. Talk to me about the type of impact that you have at American Family Insurance. Well, first talk about for their customers, and then I want to hear about it for the employees too. Tell me about the type of impact that you're able to see on a day-to-day basis. Well, you know, it's quite amazing to be um, in the business world and to get letters from customers asking you for the words to your campaign or the words to your ad or asking you to replay what it is we just said in some television campaign because those words grab them and hit them at home. Mm -hmm. So what American Family has allowed us to do as a marketing team and as a brand is to reframe how people think about insurance. Up till us in 2011, where we made a concerted effort to get to what is our purpose as a category and what is our specific purpose as American Family Insurance, it's not just to um, sell you the policy to protect you in the case that something bad happens. What we have discovered is that we were a brand that enabled people, which in, in essence tells us that we're a brand that champions the dreams and the hopes and the aspects aspirations of all of our customers. And we spent a lot of time sort of digging into the real value of insurance and then how do you create campaigns and experiences and products and services that bring that through through every moment, regardless to whether or not a customer has an opportunity for a claim. So we were the first brand in this category to sort of go down a path of sort of this higher calling and a higher role for insurance. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just about being ha-ha funny, which is great, and it worked really well, and I applaud all my competitors that do that. But we (laughs) sort of got back to our roots and what the root of this category is about is the inherent belief that if you buy insurance, you are essentially saying, whether you know it or not, that you believe that tomorrow is going to be brighter than today and that you should protect what you've achieved today because you, as a consumer and as a customer and a member of our extended family of American family policyholders, you are going to continue to achieve things, continue to grow, continue to challenge yourself, continue to follow your path and your dreams. And to get letters from customers who are asking to be in our commercials or asking um, or telling us that the words to our commercials were enough to get them off the couch to go run a marathon or off the couch to go fire back up their computer to finish up a book that they had written. So I have in my desk note cards, books, various different art forms that people who are customers and consumers who have seen our uh, content either online or um, in the in the broad reach media, those people have sent those things to me and my team to just say thank you for inspiring them to do more and be more. I love this. Okay. So the brand had been around for, it's 85 years, right? When you started to kind of revamp Next this? year, we oh. will be 90 years old. Oh so, my goodness. So, so you were 85 the had, when you reinvented. Yes, we were 85. And I wouldn't say that we reinvented. I, I say to a lot of people who ask me this question that we got back to the truth of who we were. Mm. Why did we start the business? Why did our um, original founding fathers, Herman Whitworth, why did he start this business? It wasn't just about the insurance. It wasn't just about the innovation he saw and insuring a specific group of people at that time. It was farmers, but it was also about the opportunity that the business provides to um, entrepreneurs because our agents are all independent um, and they're exclusive to us as well. So it was, it, it's the truth of who we were and getting back to finding that truth sometimes takes a person like me from the outside and to come in and sort of see how great the brand was and figuring out a way to tell the story in a different way for the world that we happen to live in today. 
Now, Talisa, here's my question for you. You're at this Fortune 300 company, giant company, and you are the chief marketing officer. I've got lots of listeners who are listening who want to grow up to be just like you. Tell me what it takes to get there. How do you set a trajectory? It sounds like you knew pretty early from watching that Coke commercial, like you knew what you wanted to do. But what tips can you give people to help get there and grow in your career to achieve this level of success? Well, thanks for those kind words. I would say that I knew early on that I wanted to be in business and in the creative side of business. But at the time that I graduated from Illinois and later went to Northwestern, I did not even know what a chief marketing officer was. I think I, I remember exactly where I was when I actually heard that term. So I would say that it's not so much about setting a trajectory and saying, I want to be there, but in every place that you find yourself, continue to act like you're brand new so that you're continuously learning, that Mm. you never forget what it is that you went to school to do, and that you constantly supplement that with learning from periodicals and books and a bunch of other things that um, you might actually put in your arsenal. And I would also say stay hungry. And stay consistent in your desire to make an impact, whether the impact is in um, a specific campaign, in the business, on your sales, on your profit, and on your returns. Whatever it happens to be, you have to make an impact, whether it's community or what what have you. Those three things together, I think, combine for putting you in the position to be recognized and to actually make an impact on your company. And the last thing I would say, and a lot of people sort of make this um, parse out marketing from the rest of sort of the business ecosystem, but I love a quote by um, Peter Drucker, I believe, said that that business is about two things, innovation and marketing. So Mm -hmm. never forget that it's the business that has to win. So learn the financials of the business. Learn how the business makes money. Learn how the business attracts customers. Learn those details from the customer's point of view. And eventually, I think you'll be in the position to make the impact you want to make. And then one day you find yourself in a position that maybe you didn't even imagine you'd be in. Because honestly, I never would have imagined that I'd be in Wisconsin, um, which is a great place to live. And I love Madison. Or that I'd be working in insurance. I worked in cars, for God's sake, to begin with. And so what gets better than that? But I would tell you that this has been a phenomenal ride in the insurance category. I would never have thought that selling an intangible product that actually wraps around a customer's life would be more fulfilling, more exciting, and more sort of full of joy and capable of making impact than actually selling the car itself and specifically luxury brands, which was wonderful at the time that I was in it. But I think I'm exactly where I should be at this time. I love this story. One of the things that you said that I really liked was when you talked about acting, always acting like you're new. Um, because so that you can continue to learn. And I think in general, there's sort of a, a overestimation of the importance of acting like, you know, you know, like coming in and yeah. being so kind of like, oh, I know, I know all the answers. And I loved your approach, which is more like every day is like a first day where you're trying to learn as much as possible. I think that that is it's something that's often understated and and not emphasized enough. Yeah, I totally agree. There's a great book that I actually pass out, pass out to all of my interns when we happen to have them and sometimes my direct reports when they first come to work, work for me. And it's a book called Five, Where Will You Be in Five, Where Will You Be Five Years From Today? And it's kind of a workbook. It's a very thin workbook that helps you to sort of decide what are the things you want to get done in the next five years. And I actually do this book myself. I've done it a couple times, maybe three times now. And I'm at, it's on my desk right now, which is why it's in my 
my brain right now because I'm about to go do it again, even though I've got this great company that I'm allowed to be a part of. I get to lead a fabulous team, have great agency partners. I'm getting more and more involved in my community here in Madison, but I'm asking myself the question as if I just started the job today. I love it. Okay. Now we know that American Family Insurance is able to be socials, particularly um, it's very interesting in, in such a regulated field that you have such such a good, strong social presence. Talk to me a little bit. I know we talked earlier. Talk to me about why you think that's the case. I think um, what social media has done for brands that are in low involvement categories is giving you a platform and a voice and a way to be connected with your consumers, um, your network, your employees, perhaps even your um, distributed field sales force um, in a way that you've never been able to do it before. So very early in my career here at American Family, it just happened to coincide um, when we were also sort of ramping up from a social media standpoint. And a good friend of mine, Bill is his name, actually did a great job of sort of capturing the attention of the business about the power that social media provided for us. So we went from zero and just starting Twitter accounts and Facebook accounts to now I happen to work for the most social CEO ever. His name is Jack Salzwedo. And he's my CEO. So I could not possibly not be on social media. I already was when I got here, but I've gotten way more active because I happen to report to a guy who does a phenomenal job of leveraging it to build the brand for the company, to build his um, sort of presence and voice out to the employees and the consumer at large. And it's kind of fun to watch him and to try to keep up with him, which is actually not possible for the record. Amazing. I was just going to ask you, is there a pressure when you have a CEO that's named the most social CEO, is there a pressure to ensure that the business is using social to its fullest capacity? Absolutely. And it's sort <laughs> of, um, there's a saying that um, I actually heard when I was sitting next to my CEO that he's supportive, but um, we heard somebody else say that the Bucks were supportive but slightly threatening um, when they were talking to somebody about building the new stadium here in the Milwaukee area. And we both kind of laughed at that statement. So I would say he's extremely supportive um, that we should all be socially engaged as leaders of his respective team. And I wouldn't call them threatening, but there's an incredible amount of pressure to try to measure up from my standpoint, because when you're on a team with a winner, you want to also be um, a winner in that respective team and whatever your role is on that team. Nobody wants to play with like a Michael Jordan and be somebody who shouldn't actually be on the same floor with Michael Jordan. So we've got sort of a Michael Jordan of Twitter CEOs on our team, and I'm just trying to keep up with him, which is hard because, you know, he's got a ton of followers and gets retweeted by people that we... I don't even know. And, and uh, I'm just trying to measure up to him. So, Well, speaking of measuring up to him, you are no shrinking violet yourself. I know that you just won on the Ebony Power 100 list. Isn't that right? Yes. I'm extremely honored as an African-American female who grew up on the South side of Chicago, sort of admiring the Johnson family and what they did for the black community, for media, and for putting positive images of African-Americans into every household in America. I am extremely honored to join this list of luminaries, and I'm, I'm just thankful and grateful. It was a great time at their event um, earlier, late last week, and I'm just excited. It was wonderful, and it actually challenged me to do more, be more, give more, create more, and even have a larger impact, um, which I think is going to be my word for 2017. So the moment you found out that you were on the list, 
did you squeal? Like what happened? I want to know the exact moment because I know when I've achieved like certain things, I can remember the exact moment and freak out. So I'm curious. You know, you I, I did not, I did not squeal. I wasn't calm. It was, it was a surreal moment for me, especially when I realized that they hadn't changed the list in some way. So in my mind, I was thinking, I've been watching this list for years because yep. I'm obviously a subscriber to Ebony and I grew up watching the magazine. And it's normally like laced with people like Beyonce, who right. was also on the list this year. And of course, Ava you DuVernay, and Beyonce, who was BFF. on the list this way. Yeah. So I was like, they must have changed the list to include normal people like nope. myself is what I thought. But then I read the press release and it said, no, it's John Legend and it's these other people. And so I, I kind of had a moment of surrealness. I didn't squeal. I didn't even tell anybody, quite frankly. It, um, I just sort of took it all in. And sort of had a moment of gratitude um, and um, looking back and reflection to sort of say, what did I do to get on this list and how much um, responsibility I feel to um, represent the Power 100 and my community and my family and my company and the people that I work with and love even more so than I did the day before I found out I was on that list. Well, I am so, so, so happy for you. And I, I love hearing about your success. Did you share it on social media? Tell me a little bit about your own social media usage and what you use, what networks you like, how you use it. Yeah, so I did share on social media. I try not to make a big deal out of it, but I work for the most social CEO in the <laughs> world. So he made a big deal out of it. And that sort of sort of went viral a little bit amongst our small community. So I love Twitter. And I love Twitter for two reasons. Um, I love it because you can um, state an opinion, engage with people that you don't know. You used to be able to give people Starbucks coffee over the Twitterverse, which I love. And I'm very yeah. disappointed that they took that um, yeah. away because I, I was famous for tweeting people who I didn't even know and giving them a cup of coffee for saying Amazing. something impactful. Um, so I love Twitter. And I love it also as a marketer because it's instantaneous and it doesn't require sort of a deep level of, of engagement that would convey too much of anyone personal life. Um, I also am a Facebook person and I'm a Facebook person primarily because it has become the way that my family um, stays fairly well connected. So I use Facebook primarily for just family and friends and Twitter for family, friends, plus business um, and sort of building um, relationships with people in the marketing community or the business community. I mostly follow marketers, business people, and um, folks who've gotten a definitive opinion about the belief that our world is, um, our country, first off, is a great place to live, and yes. our future is even brighter than our present, and our present is pretty bright. Well, Talisa, you are so, so inspiring, and I feel so lucky that our listeners got to hear a little bit of your story today. If people want to follow up with you and connect, let me know where is the best place for them to do so. Is it Twitter? Is it LinkedIn? Where do they go? It's Twitter, of course. I'm not going to forget about that one. But it's Twitter, of course, and I am at Talisa Yancey, just like it's spelled, on Twitter. Awesome. Love Talisa, to make the connections, so especially positive people and people who uh, believe in the goodness of the world, believe that, you know, every dream needs a champion and that American Family Insurance happens to be a company that champions dreamers. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin. CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.
This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.